Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. On today's episodes, we brought back John and Kira. We have our third installment of our book club, where today we'll be talking about Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the quest for a fantastic future. John and Kira, how are you? Good, Mark. How are you? Hello, Mark. Yeah, so Kayla's off on assignment today studying for a CFP. She'll be back on the next one. John, looking forward to talking about this one. Elon Musk is definitely an eccentric character. This is the one you picked, so I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, it was a good one to give Kayla off because as I know, the first thing that you guys um, came down on me was was this, the, the length of the book yeah. <laughs> and the amount of information. And I, I think the size of the book really just lends to like how interesting, like how much this guy was involved with. And, and, and interestingly enough, the book ended you know years ago and he's, he's gone on to do so much more. So the book could probably be um, <laughs> twice as long. I really picked this book just because, I mean, really, he's been in the news so much. And, you know, not even just him, but like his, some of his companies, obviously. SpaceX is doing a lot of really cool things. I'm down in Florida now. So we actually get to see like the SpaceX launches from our backyard. Cool. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just Tesla, just kind of, you know, even in the financial world, just aside from like you know, how great you might think their cars are and, and, and how you feel about electric cars, like they, their stock is just, you know, is like in a space of its own right now. So I, I was really, you know, just didn't know a lot about them. So I just thought it'd be cool to, uh, to kind of just take a deeper dive. And, and, uh, and I was actually surprised to, to, to learn um, certain things that I, I knew he was involved with Tesla and SpaceX, but he's involved in so much more than that. I mean, and he just has some, like some, he's just had an, like a crazy interesting life. So, you know, with that said, there's so much in the book and I really just didn't have any specific questions for you guys, but I thought I would uh, just turn it over to you and, and just let you tell us a little bit about like what you thought was the most interesting and some of the, you know, some of the things about him and the book that really stood out to you. So if you don't mind starting Kira, I'll, uh, I'll start with you. Yeah, sure. I think a good place to start also is just talking about the story of how the book like came to fruition. The author, Ashley Vance did a good job of like convincing you that this is a great story right off the bat when he said that he didn't want to ask Elon for permission to write the book. He was going to do so regardless of what, if Elon was willing to sit down for an interview with him or not, because he just wanted to write the story and he was so compelled by Elon's drive. And I think ultimately that's what won over Elon's respect for the author and gave in giving his permission to collaborate with him on the book. It was sort of like a foreshadow into how Elon operates in his business. So I thought that that was really compelling. It's a biography, the book. So it's not something that I'm super familiar with reading. Like I haven't read a biography in a while, but I felt like it was very great in total about Um, covering topics of business and life and 
I thought it was crazy that the author interviewed like over 300 people, current employees, ex-employees, family members. So it reveals a lot of Elon's like ideas, models, systems, habits, also dove into his childhood. Um, And I just, in in all, I was surprised by how much I liked it because I did not know much about Elon going into it. Biographies actually used to be my favorite type of book to read. Um, when I was, I guess, kind of getting into into working, and and I, I found it fascinating to see stories of where someone was, where they came from, to where they where they got to. Like one of my favorite favorite uh, biographies is one on Mike Tyson. I've read some on military leaders, and you kind of get their you know feel for someone, what makes them, and and so Musk was this one was a great one too because he's definitely an interesting character. Obviously, wasn't in the book, but now that he's become either the richest person in the U.S. or richest person in the world, just yesterday he sends Jeff Bezos uh, an image through Twitter of a second place trophy. Um, and really, I think what it was part of was that Jeff Bezos, at some point in the past, talked a little bit about Tesla's business model and how he didn't like it or this or that. And you, you can just tell the competitive. And Kira, you mentioned it earlier about his drive, and I think that's one thing you. You, you know, you, I pulled from this, not just this book, but if you look at some of these other successful people, it's, uh, I don't know if a passion is the right word or if it's like relentless pursuit, but that's what Musk had or has to all of these things, whether it's, you know, people quoted in the book saying that they've never actually seen him outside his office and the guy would just spend 18 hours sleep on the couch. And it's, you know, just goes back to that pursuit that he has. And I kind of thought of another book I've I've read called Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In that book, Hill talks about that's a similar thing that you you know if you want to get to wherever you're trying to get to, you have to have that that relentless pursuit of it. But you know you you also probably have to give something up to get there, and it's probably true for Musk too. Is that he's had to give up things during the way, but he has that vision and he really walks the walks that vision and and you know he's completely dedicated to it. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, that like that's kind of where I was with the book and just and I do have a fascination with people who, you know, have this story. Like we've talked about David Goggins, like he came from this like really just really bad upbringing, being beaten by his father and just, you know, it really just like kind of I don't know, just reminds me of like Rocky, you know, like the comeback story, like, you know, just makes you feel good, but you also get some color around like what really means to be, so you hear people, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, you have to work hard to be successful. Yeah, sure. But I think that at a certain level, you don't, you know, sometimes you just don't know, or it's like good to see like what that really means. And, and it's way, it's way more extreme in this case than, than I ever imagined. And, and it's not just the idea of you're working hard, but being able to block out the noise that was going on around him. There was people just making jokes about, Tesla and how it was like a sinking ship. And it's one thing to have a couple of people like mumbling in, in, in the corner about it, but like, this is like the media, you know, coming down on him and he's broke, yeah. you know, but the, he still found a way to kind of continue. And when he was like, not only was he working hard, but he was like really down and out where like most people probably would have been like, all right, this is over, you know, like we're, we're, we're we can't make the payroll. So I just, I thought that there was, there was that part of it, like, you know, adding a little, you know, as, as far as like just that kind of drive and that, that, um, you know, craziness almost, but like also the idea that like you have to block out that those, those things that are just like, seem like you're done. And, and I think this happened after the book was written, but Tesla went from basically not making it to now being the sixth or seventh most 
valuable company in, in the US. So it's a crazy transition story of how someone just wouldn't quit, you know, stuck with it. I think we're all accustomed to, we're all, we all love that instant gratification or that instant success or short-term success. And sometimes it's just not possible. Sometimes things do take, take time. And I think that's something that we all have to, you know, kind of realize that, you know, things don't just happen immediately. There's a lot of things that factor into, you know, how something is going to play out and whether it's successful or not. And there's also his personal life, which was also like, like just kind of overlapping with all of that. I mean, you know, you forget he's, he's living this, this crazy life and he has all these kids, you know, and he's still, you know, he's flying around. And, you know, I thought the book did a really great job of like under, helping you understand he's working 18 hours. There's this part in the book where he, like the, the, the author was interviewing him. He was at the time single, I think, or just, and he was like, I'm thinking about like looking for a girlfriend. And he's like, what do you think? Do you think a girlfriend is like, what, 10 hours a week? What do you think? Like, what do you think she's going to expect? And he's like, he's like so calculating on like, am I going to have that 10 hours? Or, you know, he's like looking at like what the, the girlfriend is going to like literally take up in his week. It really put a lot of color around the way the guy's, the guy's mind really worked. I mean, almost bizarre, but at the same time, you know, I guess that's just the way that he's like thinking about things when you're running two companies like that. Yeah, that part wasn't super relatable. I feel like it's worth mentioning that he's not very relatable at all. I'm 25 years old, so I'm only a few years into the workforce. And I feel like I hear a lot of conflicting advice of like, when you're on your deathbed, you're never going to remember how much you worked or you're never going to be proud of how much you worked. And then there's someone else who's like the Elon Musk of the world that's like, never take a day off, always be the hardest worker in the room. And I think what makes his drive and his like need to always work, work, work and go, go, go so meaningful is the fact that there's this greater purpose of changing the world and making the world something better. And I think that's like, talk about like having a why, you know what I mean? Like he wants to make the world more sustainable. If the world as we know it comes to an end, we can always head over to Mars. Like I just think that his quote unquote why is just like something that's like so incredible. And that's what makes his work ethic so impressive is that like he really has this meaningful goal and greater purpose that I think a lot of people don't have at all. Yeah, and I think it's not just the like his vision, right? He he's wants to colonize Mars. He wants to build these autonomous self-driving electric cars. He wants to build tunnels between cities. It's one thing having a vision, but there's so many doubters to him. And he basically just says, screw it. This is what my vision is. And I'm just going to plow through until I realize my vision. So I think that was one of the most impressive things. And the other thing too, that I found impressive about him is that he's not just preaching this from some, you know, stand somewhere. He's doing it himself. He's, you know, he eats his own dog food. If that, you know, he doesn't ask the people working for him to do things that he wouldn't do himself. And I think that's, you know, a great quality to have as a leader. You see it a lot in someone like the military, but, you know, to see it with a CEO or a company or multiple companies, I think that's impressive as well. We I mean, talk about eating your own dog food. I mean, after the PayPal, you know, he made his, his big, his first big chunk of money. He literally took every penny, <laughs> dumped it right into his next project. And at the time, I'm sure people were just like cringing, like, oh my God. And and you think about going to space, putting people in the space, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, we're like, yeah, it's great. Like they're seeing some success, but 10, 15 years ago, I remember thinking like, who does this guy think he is? Like NASA goes to space, you know, like, he, like this is never going to happen, you know? And if it is like, 
you know, he can barely get Tesla. Like it was just, there's just so much doubt. And even from, from, I mean, from every, from every level, but you know, he figured, figured it out in the end. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just on the space topic, I think that's what we're seeing is that, you know, you're seeing whether it's Musk, whether it's Bezos, we're seeing a lot more private space exploration. Whereas in the past, you know, a lot of it was done through the government, through NASA. So maybe that's, maybe that's a path forward and, and it just becomes more and more, you know, prevalent with, with how we explore space. Well, and I tend right now to be very skeptical on the Mars thing. Probably thought this about space exploration. Obviously, Mars is a whole different story. But if anybody can do it, I guess at this point, it's him. I also want to like just add like to what Kira was saying is like, he's clearly a flawed character too. I didn't know whether to love him or hate him while I was reading. Just because it seemed like he was he was terrible to a lot of his employees. He was so focused and it was at a lot of cost, you know, like even his his first marriage, his um his assistant who was supposed to be like what was the um Iron Man's was her name? Like she was her assistant, um was a uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. They make a reference to that and it made a lot of sense like they're supposed to be together forever and apparently he like and maybe in some way turned his back on her and you start to realize that you know there's flawed characteristics that came into play. And he was just, he was cutthroat in a lot of ways. So I, I was a little conflicted when it came to that, for sure. Yeah, I agree. There were stories about, you know, him on the spot firing people, being so loud in the conference room with someone that the whole office can hear him yelling. And I think it would have been interesting to see some like self-reflection in like the dialogue between the author and Elon about that. Like, I think that would have been an added element of this book that would have been very interesting to read and maybe something that was kind of missed out on. Yeah, he definitely was very cutthroat. And I think it would have been nice to know a little bit more about like his human behavior. We learned a lot about his upbringing and that, you know, he went through some negative treatment when he was a child, whether it was like with his family structure. I think at one point, like something that they couldn't even name in the book and then like the themes of bullying but um it would have kind of been cool to see that come full circle with some self-reflection that reminds me like one of the things that i you know made me really kind of think about his his autobiography or autobiography his biography was he was recently on saturday night live and he made the statement like i'm the first host of saturday night live that has asperger's you know i thought to myself like wow like it's clear like and as you start to read the book that there's like maybe there's just a separation obviously between the way he thinks and the way somebody who doesn't have autism thinks and you know that that separation is really just kind of embedded in the confusion as to like our you know the little understanding we have about autism and like how he's operating but you know also wonder like is that part of what drives him because he's able to like block out these things that normal people would let, you know, either bother them or he's like, it, did it add to his focus? That's a very good point. Kira, you mentioned about bullying. I thought recounting that story of, I think that was when he first moved to Canada. And, you know, Johnny, we were talking earlier about how calculating he is, but it was interesting to hear how he was calculating at the time, that bullying experience and how the different thought processes of it is how he can avoid it or how it happened. You know, I think, you know, whether you're the, the world's richest person or, you know, you're running these companies, some people, it's just, they're just going to bulldoze over everyone and everything in front of them. That's what's necessary to get there. You know, you hear similar stories about Jeff Bezos, you know, how he got Amazon to where it is. But I think the w- one other thing that stood out is his perfectionism. I guess if you're creating 
autonomous cars, you would hope they're perfect. But I think that's another thing where you hear you hear kind of opposite sides. You hear some people that say, you know, perfection is the enemy. And when you try and be perfect, you get nothing done because you always, you, it's never good enough or you're always trying to make it perfect. Whereas him is the opposite approach. He wants perfection and he won't stop until there is per- perfection. So, you know, there's always kind of two sides of looking at everything. But that character trait of him was, you know, definitely something that's interesting because it's always, should you try and be perfect or should you be just good enough or, you know, what, at what level should you strive for? Yeah, he was, he was shutting some people down. You know, like some of those meetings he would talk about and like he said, sometimes they'd be like five minutes long. Like he would be like, what is this? Like, and just like, <laughs> and just leave, you know, obviously like you're saying autonomous cars and you're just like the look of the car and all those things, like, you know, how much that, that really did play into, into it. And, and funny enough, I found it like not ironic, but like our first book that we did was the first book, the infinite game. Second. Was that the first one we did? The second one, sorry. Like this is the complete opposite. Like, but at the same time, you know, there is, you know, the, the specific, the, the, the person that actually is drawn towards that, like, like Kira said, like, like changing the world, you know, wanting to be a part of a big tech company, like they hung in there because of those things. So it was like almost like its own chapter in the infinite game. And I, I do believe there's a lot like jobs where like in the beginning, you know, if he wasn't so cutthroat, like, would it really be where it is today? I mean, you like to think so, but I'm just not so sure, unfortunately. Yeah. We could talk about this, this book forever. The, the biggest takeaway for me is, is really just back to really what Mark was saying. And like, you know, I'm, I'm just like fascinated with like how the, the just the characteristics and what's common between him and, you know, a lot of these, like you said, Jeff Bezos, you know, some of these other really successful people, if you may, that are in there. And it's just like that relentless, relentlessness, like you, you see, and um, I thought it was re- like really great and refreshing to kind of get in there. And the guys were trying to grow our business and and just see like, hey, you know, like you don't necessarily have to act like <laughs> act like the way he, he is like super cutthroat, but you know, it's it's incredibly hard. You know, you take for granted how you see somebody who grew like a business to where they are, and talk about the iceberg. Like you see the iceberg, but you don't know like what's going under, what happened underneath, and what's going on underneath, and like what it really took all the, all the times you might've doubted yourself and all those things. So, you know, in the end of the day, like, I think that was really like my biggest, my biggest takeaway. Our next installment is going to be up to a uh, colleague, Kayla, who has already said is, is uh, getting ready. It's been studying really, really hard for, for the CFP. We gave her a rest on the, uh, on the, the thick book she's going to be choosing for us. So um, I guess we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned to, uh, to hear from her and, and, and uh, definitely, Keep keeping your open if you want to continue to join us and maybe read along. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.